a, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, I'm here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. Welcome to a special episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. You've only got your your host Josh today, which you know is a pleasure for most. Um, you know it has been requested that Dave, you know, packs his bags and, and gets himself just back to back to his running work and and dropping the podcast because you know I steal the show. But you know it's uh, it is a bit lonely here to be honest, sitting here by myself. Um, but you know you. You got to do what you got to do, and you know I'm over in the UK at the moment. Uh, ran the World Indoor Tour Grand Prix, whatever you want to call it, in Glasgow um, on Saturday in the 800. Ran a little um, indoor PB while Dave was over in the US in Albuquerque uh, running the was meant to be World Indoor Trials, but was just a USA indoors and and smashed it. I think I want to give a shout out to to Dave to start with it was. Uh, a bit of a breakthrough performance for him. Uh, go and check out the race. Uh, it was it was awesome to see him do his thing and 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 kind of have his, you know, his breakthrough from from a, a professional standpoint. And you know, it's it's great to see a guy working so hard um, and and it coming together and and finally showing on race day, which is a tough thing to do at this level. So you know, super proud of him, but. We need to stop kissing his ass and actually get on with why you guys are here. And that's, um, I've had a lot of requests recently about, um, you know, my process from, from a UK standpoint to, to get to the US. And, and uh, it is a bit more of a process for us um, to, to kind of put all of our things together and, and, uh, and send it over to US collegiate coaches and, and uh, US universities and such and, and try and be within those guidelines and their guidelines. So, you know, just trying to give a bit of an insider look into what it would be like if anyone's, you know, looking to do that or just looking to kind of see what the process is like, how long it takes, how difficult it is. And um, what I will say is it isn't easy. Um, it's not an easy process because, you know, it's it is a big change. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be done. But, you know, the I, I know I wouldn't be able to do it without, you know, the help of Scottish Athletics, without the help of, you know, Chris O'Hare. Uh, and his family, the, all the O'Hares, um, helping me with with the process with, of it, and and my mom and dad as well to to kind of you know guide me through this this long process. And you also need your your high school as well to help you out. So you know, I just thought I'd go through some of the boring stuff you could say. Um, so let's just kind of get right into into what I did. And uh, I think the first things first is um, U.S college coaches aren't looking for like a set time you know there's no like if you run this time you're going to get recruited to like the the highest standard uh, universities in, in in america and it's that's the hard part about it but we do have a clear-cut sport where it's pretty obvious to see where talent lies and and see where hard work is so you know you know with with the specific times and stuff like that that you can send through it's much easier for the co college coaches to kind of wade through all the bullshit and kind of arrive at you know the the best athletes for the program and such so what I did um, is I put a bit of a running CV together, to be honest. It's just like a job, um, you know, just putting down the times I've ran, putting down the, you know, where I've ran at, what championships I've won and what championships I've been at and what experience I have and such. And I will attach that to 
the sit and kick instagram page if you head over there when this episode comes out and and uh and and just have a look and, and see what you think i'm not saying that everything i did was perfect but you know i ended up being able to be recruited at a, a great d1 um program so you gotta yeah you gotta learn from from my experiences as well so yeah first of all i put a running cv together and then and, and then i put an email together so the email would just read Dear uh, Mr. You know, head coach, um, and then the, the, the following would just read, you know, I'm very interested to come into your program. Um, you know, th- these are my times. Just actually put the times on there as well as attach that CV and just be like, you know, what are the opportunities that you give to, you know, foreigners sort of thing. And, you know, I was 16 years old when I was being recruited and I hadn't ran that fast. I think my times were, you know, 352 for the 1500. Uh, 8.35 for the 3K and like 152 or 153 for the 800 or something like that. So, you know, not not anything like beyond special, but again, I was 16, but, you know, you're going into a collegiate, um, you know, a, a collegiate career that's going to be against guys that can run three three forty 330s. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to kind of put everything into perspective there. So the first thing really, uh, after putting all that together, is just explore the universities. Um, you know, there's there's loads of resources on, you know, Flowtrack, uh, the university's website. You've got a, a roster on, on the university's website and kind of gauge how good people are um, from the, this year and previous years. And just reach out to people who have attended there and um, who are, or are attending there and do some research on like the climate, figure out coaching style, where you live, what course you'd want to do sort of thing. You know, you can get all that stuff online uh, and just try and figure out if it's, a, if it's a program that you want to be a part of. There's no point in giving all these blanket emails to all these universities and uh, you get, you know, you get one back saying, yeah, we'd love to have you. And you just be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not as keen. So, you know, definitely put some thought into, you know, who, who you're emailing, you know, you can grab that email from, uh, email address from, you know, the athletics website. So just, you know, type in, uh, university of New Mexico athletics, and it comes up with, uh, and their whole page and you can head over to the track and field cross country and head over to the roster and it'll be over there for sure. So, you know, that's easy enough to find, you know, flag your interest, attach your CV, you know, let them know a little bit about your academics as well as your athletic achievements and uh, and just spark your interest really and just try and find a way in and, and, and try and get a Skype call or something like that. And, you know, don't go straight in there being like, hey, I want 100% scholarship. I want this, I want that one, this. You know, not a lot of people are in positions to do that. Just go and flag your interest. It doesn't mean that you have to go there. You know, that, that that's a really simple part of the process. It, it just figuring out if anyone's keen to have you. And, you know, that's a pretty cool thing if uh, if a college wants to pay you to go and, you know, get a degree and and, and uh, run a pro, uh, in a system that's, you know, one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. So the next step would be the SAT. The SAT is a standardized test um that you have to take if you're going as an undergrad to go and uh, get into the university you know they need to understand your academics and you know taking the sat is a very good way for them to for the actual university to be like okay this person you know is not you know at an elementary uh, level of, <laughs> of academics so you know there's a, a pretty huge textbook for this uh, i think it's just called the SAT textbook or something like that. It's a big, massive blue textbook. Um, and it's just pretty much math, English, and writing. So, you know, it's I think it's like a two and a half hour exam or something like that. But it's just, I think it's all multiple choice. 
Um, so if you just grab that big textbook and, and, and kind of have a, have a read through and see what it's like and go online on YouTube and stuff and try and figure out the system and, and, and how they grade it and such like that. So it's not, it's not too bad. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the, you know, I wouldn't say I'm the sharpest tool. Is that a thing? Sharpest tool in the shed? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to kind of get through that without any massive problems, especially if you're not kind of going for the Ivy Leagues or anything like that. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, but, you know, just, you know, you're also doing it at the same time as your hires and your uh, advanced hires or I don't know what they call it in England, but BTECs and that. Uh, so, yeah, it's not it's not too bad. You just just kind of get get that work done and, and try and get that booked in as, as quickly as possible. And just so you can send that stuff over when when this whole process is going down and they're asking all the questions. And that means you've ticked all the boxes. That would be that would be perfect. It makes that transition super smooth. Um, I think I emailed, um, I want to say like 30 coaches or something like that. And um, I think most of them came back and was like, hey, give us another year. Because I was young. I was 16 when I was getting recruited. So I hadn't ran that fast in comparison to the 20 plus year olds that are uh, getting recruited uh, or 18 plus year olds that are getting recruited and the 20 plus year olds that are in the NCAA. So racing against them would have been pretty tough um, if I came in at 16. So obviously it had to take a bit of time to, to get in. So yeah, just just send emails, like send, really do some research. I'm gonna um, fire over some universities that uh, bring take a lot of foreigners and stuff. So uh, you can start with them and and kind of have a look and see what other Brits have been there and and reach out to them and see if it's a program that you feel like you'd be wanting to be a part of. So that's definitely the big thing. Is you know a lot of people go over there and kind of plateau or um don't really progress the way they should do and you know there's definitely reasons for that and um, we're trying to uh, as much as possible from a scottish athletics and british athletics side of things i'm sure um we, people just want to go over there and succeed i'm not trying to push people over there i'm just trying to make sure that if you are going to go to the u.s you have a bit more knowledge so you're not going over there blind and just be like hey like this really cool university wants to pay me to go over there let's just do it and see what happens um so yeah try 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 again really um you know, try and go on visits. Uh, there's lots of NCAA rules and such where um, they'll pay for your flights and accommodation when you're there, but you can only be there for 48 hours. So if you're going over from the UK, it's quite a intense trip. Um, so I take that into consideration, trying to try and get lots of different universities, like two or three to, to try and minimize the travel back and forth maybe just try and get them all in one trip uh, and, and university coaches like to do that because it's kind of splits their cost as well um so yeah just try and what if you're speaking to a lot of them and you know people are interested and they want to take you on a visit then try and just trying to put that all in one in one go really that would be ideal yeah the, the NCAA rules are pretty strict um so you don't get long there, like I said. Uh, normally you meet with the coaches, do the tour facilities, uh, hang out with the team and do some dinners and such like that. So it is a pretty fun experience. Um, some people take you out. You're not really meant to go out, but uh, <laughs> depends what university you go to. So I think it, there's a lot of fun things to do over in the US, especially on recruitment trips, because they're trying to impress you, aren't they? So, you know, it is, it is fun. And if you can get um, uh, a visit, then definitely definitely take that i didn't i never took a visit but i was just too keen i was just i was like oh someone wants me i'll go for sure so uh it, it worked out really well but you know the odds of that are, are pretty pretty minimal the next step is the eligibility center so i don't 
NCAA eligibility is, is this big thing where, you know, you have to be eligible to be able to race. And you, you do that through the NCAA eligibility center. And it's a pretty difficult process. Like they try and make it difficult for you. Um, so they're just trying to make sure that you're still an amateur and, and will pay back uh, any money that you've taken from running uh, pretty much. So, you know, from a UK standpoint, it's like, um, like if you did any Highland Games or Border Games, I think that may be more of a Scottish thing. Um, you don't really get money from UK races when you're growing up, so it doesn't really matter. But if, if you get a little bit of money here or there, it's probably best not to declare it. Um, but, you know, the, we, we don't get paid unless you're on an, a contract. That's kind of what they're looking for. But, you know, I wouldn't... I wouldn't um, if if you're getting te- ten pounds from a little border race, I wouldn't I wouldn't mention that. I don't think it really matters. Uh, not saying that I did that, but I'm just saying. So the structure when you're there, depending on scholarship amount, you get paid monthly. Um, so once you're over there, uh, hopefully all your fees will be covered from uh, your your tuition and such. Uh, and you get health insurance for for most of the months. This is just my experience at UNM and and what I've heard from others. And then it's like the cost of books, so like your textbooks and such like that. Uh, And then from there, it's like however much scholarship you have is like what money you'd get at the end of the month, every month. So I think at UNM, most most everyone is on around about $1,000 a month, um, which is great. Uh, You know, that's to cover, you know, rent, food and things like that there is a little bit of room for um extra help to be honest uh, especially if you want to get the right food in and, and and things like that and you want to live in a nice place so you know there might be a little bit of saving needed but you know you won't be coming out of school with debt um, you can get a little job if you wanted to on the campus or like you do minimal hours off campus you can do that on an f1 visa um so it's it's i mean it's pretty easy to to kind of uh, to live over there and you know yeah you're not coming out with any debt so you've got to be happy with that especially if you're an English person going to an English university or a Scottish person goes to an English university so you can come out with a lot of debt um, from from those places so you know that has a big upside uh, and you're still getting the same level of education as well so moving on to the visa so the visa is an F1 visa which is a student visa um, so the embassies in the UK are in London and uh, in Belfast, I believe. So what you do is, you know, if you get accepted to the university, you've sent all the information in, you get your acceptance letter, you then apply through uh, the US embassy. Uh, you can do that through the website and just follow the instructions, really, to be honest. So you just do that and, and try and uh, put all your inf- information in and put all the university's information in um, and just pretty much just make sure that you've got the right intentions of going over there. Uh, and, and yeah, you just need to just show that you're going over there to the university and, and uh, it'll ask about your criminal background and like your intentions and stuff like that. Uh, and then, you know, if that's all accepted, you get given a, a date for an interview and you go over to either London or Belfast and it's like a, you'll be there for a couple of hours. Um, there's a lot of people in there. Uh, and, and you just, you know, just like, Hey, I've been accepted to such and such university. I'm going over there to run track. Um, you know, these is, this is what I've done in the past and uh, yeah, I'm going over there to get an education and my degree is going to be whatever. Uh, and it's easy enough to do, especially if you haven't had any problems with the law in the past or anything like that. Um, so some schools don't like to bring in foreigners. Um, most of them do, I would say, but I mean, it's, 
there is a couple of schools that don't, but I mean, there's, there's no, yeah, I would say there's no specific one that I'm like, oh, they don't take foreigners, but there's lots of schools that don't have any foreigners. So, you know, the, the schools that are um, kind of, from my point of view, are like very uh, foreign heavy, or, you know, I know that, you know, a couple of, a couple of guys have been there from the UK. Uh, obviously, I'll start with the University of New Mexico. Um, have a lot of British people there. Um, a lot of interest in overseas athletes and stuff like that. So you know, that's a great place to start. You know, University of Tulsa, uh, Boise State. Um, I think Virginia Tech because uh, Neil Gurley went there. Iona College has got a big British contingent for sure. Uh, San Francisco, Portland, University of Washington, Ole Miss. Um, Oregon, uh, Harvard and Princeton, that's a little bit different with the Ivy League stuff. Um, I think there's definitely been Brits, a lot of Brits over there, but I think money-wise, I think it's going to cost a little bit because I don't think they give out scholarships that that often, or if any, or if they're allowed to, to be honest. Uh, Belmont, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Darren Gosson, I don't know where he is now because uh, he used to be... But yeah, so there's there's a bunch of places right there that I've just kind of racked off off the top of my head. Uh, I think I spoke to Iona College, Tulsa, uh, UNM. I tried to speak to Princeton, but <laughs> I had a phone call actually with the Princeton coach. I, th- I think it was Princeton or Harvard. I don't remember really. And uh, they were like, oh, that's great. Like your times, you know, you win races, things like that. And uh, they were like, you know, what your academics like. And I, at that point, I was like, oh, I, I just did my hires. Um, I, I passed a couple and I, I failed a couple. And he was like, oh, I don't think you'll quite fit in here. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So shoot your shot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that's that's kind of uh, the, the overall of just some universities to get you started, really, and just kind of understand, you know, uh, a starting point, really. And uh, so the season's you have is, is cross-country, indoor, outdoor. So cross-country is in the fall, so that's from August to December. Uh, NCAA cross would be in December. Indoors would be January through March. Uh, NCAA indoors would be March, mid-March, mid-March 13 to 15, something like that. Um, and then outdoors, April to spring. Uh, April to spring, April to June, which is after school finishes, I think fin- school finishes in like May mid-may something like that so uh pretty pretty easy uh structure um and things like that so structure of classes uh if you're coming in as an undergrad you have to you don't have to declare your major for two years i think i think your junior year or second second semester of sophomore year maybe you have to declare your major so that means you have to do a lot of general classes to start with and that's your math your english your uh, stuff like that so you there's like a certain amount of hours you have to do in the university there's like uh, all these different classes you have to do so you won't be stuck to just doing all the classes for your for your degree and you don't need to figure out your degree until much later so it means you can go over there you know you'll declare you'll have a d- degree there and but you don't have to follow that and declare it uh, until until a little bit of time into your degree so that's easy enough if you're going over as a master um, then I'm pretty sure you have to declare that straight away uh, because it is a lot more specific um, and there's I mean it depends what university you go to but there's there's loads of different programs for that uh, they do a grade point average instead of like a it's like a b c and d really uh, an a would be a 4.0 b would be 3.0 and c would be 2.0 uh, and you know i think you need a 2.5 to be eligible which is what like a, a c a b minus i think 
yeah, I think it's like a B minus average to stay eligible to compete. And that's really, really important because if you can't, if you're not eligible to compete, then you can't compete for the university. And that's kind of the main reason that you're there and, and stuff like that. So you'll get a bunch of help from your, you know, there's a ton of support staff, coaches, teachers, academic advisors, and things like that. So you'll, you know, you'll have, you'll have the resources to make sure that you're successful. And that's the big thing over there is, you know, you can go over there and you know, you're going to be successful in the, in the classroom, uh, because you've got all these things around you so if you're if you're not it's, it's kind of on you to be honest so you, you have the resources you just got to work hard and stay accountable and you'll just have a great time um you know people go over there uh, a lot of people fail a lot of people succeed it's 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 mo- it's mostly about you know attitude and, and things like that where it's like you know you go over there and you just expect to be better because you know you you've got a coach that's there every day you've got a team that you're running with every day you're living with and and you're living kind of like the closest you can be to a professional athlete that the, before you're a professional athlete so you know people go over there be like oh well I'm, I'm over here doing the same thing as i was over there but i'm getting all this extra support it, it, you're not automatically going to be better and, and the ncaa is a very 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 deep um uh, program circuit whatever you want to call it uh, so, I mean, you can get lost in that if you're not, you know, if you're very used to being winning all the time, it's, it's, it's easy enough to kind of get lost in that. So, you know, it's, you won't get as much as attention as you probably would if you were over in the UK and you're a better athlete because you there's, there's less people here and there's less, you know, uh, athletes at your level, but you know, if you want to put yourself in a, in a, like in a university program, that's going to push your running forward and you've got the resources to be super successful and you have um, the audience to create a, a bit of a, a brand, then, you know, the US is a great option. And uh, the goal is just to go over there and be as successful as possible. And yeah, like I said before, it is difficult because you can get lost in the shuffle a little bit. You, it is difficult to go over there and, and not, you know, have uh, all these expectations of how, how hot like how it's going to be and things like that and you've got all these other teammates that are better than you and you're not used to that but you know it's it's part of the process and and if you go over there expecting you to be successful then you're going to have a bit of a reality shock uh you just you're just gonna have a hard time it's 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 hard it's uh but i th- i think it's the right option for many people uh they just have to do it in the right way i mean look at the Men's 1500 right now, you've got, you know, Chris O'Hare, Tulsa, me, University of New Mexico, Neil Gurley, uh, uh, Virginia Tech, you know, James West is at Oregon. Um, so, I mean, you know, you've got you know, some people there that have gone to the university in, in, in America and, and it's worked it out. So you got to find the right program with the, the right coaching style and, and something that would work for you. And, and also just don't lose contact with, you know, the Scottish athletics, English athletics, um, and British athletics, to be honest, and, and your old coaches to make sure, you know, as long as they're not too jealous of you going over there and leaving, uh, leaving their, their program, it's, uh, it's mainly just because, you know, sometimes college coaches don't get it right. And, and, you know, you are left a little bit, uh, sometimes to kind of do your own thing where it's like, you're trying to pick your own mileage or, or something like that, where you, it, it's nice to have a second opinion. And, you know, I was able to have some help from Scottish athletics when I first went over there, and that made that transition a lot easier because, you know, you're changing, you're changing coaches pretty quickly. And, and, you know, it is a, a shock to the system because you're going from um, a junior into a senior. And that's like the hardest transition you have to, you have to make when you're, you know, at this age and, 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 and in this career. So, you know, just be careful and, and, 
and just really do your research on the university. Make sure you want to go there. If you want to go there and you know how to be successful, and that's just putting your head down, working hard and having some fun, then you will be successful. So I have a lot of people reach out to me about this stuff. So I thought I wanted to kind of do this podcast for a while. Um, and it is not, a, it's not a bannerish podcast. It's not, it's, it's just, it's just trying to be educational, trying to pass on a little bit about what I learned. And, uh, and hopefully that means that we have more people from the UK go over to the US and be successful. And that that's the biggest goal. And, you know, it is sad to see people go over there and kind of lose contact with, you know, the runner they used to be and, and, and the athlete they used to be. So, you know, this is a little bit about, you know, the process and if there's any more questions um fire it through my instagram uh and we will have some stuff up on the Synkick podcast instagram that will be specifically for uh like the cv i'll show you guys that um and and yeah I'll, we'll just put links for like sat books and and stuff like that so you know that's kind of the the spiel from me I'm sorry for the boringness but it had to be done at some point and uh it's education for you guys that you know i i just want to kind of preach a little bit and and preach jesus christ that's horrible uh yeah peace it's a, a slow meandering affair he wants to kick he's gotta go now we're with josh Kerr. all right here david riddish josh Kerr. david ribbish josh kerr's for he real fastest c2 1500 josh kerr on the outside way up front now is david ribbish